episode 364, Hawkeye, season 1, episode 3, Echoes. Welcome to Level 7, a podcast about Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's a magical place. Hello and welcome to another episode of Welcome to Level 7, and I'm probably not the first voice you should hear as you're tuning in to this podcast episode right now because it's a little rough, but uh, I'm here with my friends, Samantha and Stuart. Hello. Hello, 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 hello. Hey, bro. <laughs> it's Echoes. Get it? it? Echoes. Nice. Yeah. Get it? And we are here to talk about the third episode of the Hawkeye Disney Plus TV show, as this is a podcast about the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And yeah. just so you know, I sound awful because I have been diagnosed with COVID again. That's right. <laughs> Two Thanksgivings ago, I had it. I have it again. I feel a lot better than I sound, but I don't sound great, partially because I haven't been using my voice all day because I've been in isolation and the most I've used my voice for today was to get on FaceTime with my son and play Minecraft. So I've just been watching movies and doing some emails and texts for work. Did you watch Hamilton yet? <laughs> Did I steal no. your joke? No. Put it on the docket, man. Put it on the docket. <laughs> Can I just say something, guys? I am going to get strung up for this. I might get keel-hauled for this. But I watched... The first half of Encanto, Encanto, is that how you say it? Yeah. Encanto. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And uh, the music kind of got on my nerves. And <laughs> then I realized, wait a minute, this is Hamilton is all of music. Yeah. So what's mm-hmm. real interesting about that is if you uh, don't dig very deep on the internet, you can find mashups of Encanto songs lining up pretty well with Hamilton songs. Encanto's a big thing in my house, and it took me getting – I was going to say it took me getting on a Disney cruise line to actually watch the entire movie, and that's not even true because I walked out halfway through it too. Uh, I've watched the first half of that movie like ten times. It took me sitting down yesterday, fully seated, to watch the entire movie in its entirety. I've watched that movie about four times now because <laughs> I really love it. And I was talking with some of my in-laws about it, and they're some of them really like it, and others are like, Lin-Manuel Miranda, all of his music sounds the same. And, and we were like, that's his style. That's <laughs> that is what you call style, style yeah. <laughs> Here's the thing. I recognize the technical skill. It is – there's a lot of skill going into that. And yes. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, 100%. Uh, the movie, what I saw was good. There's some beautiful animation, and there was some uh, thematic stuff going on. I will finish the movie, but the song, that first song where she's introducing the family, I was just like, this just keeps going and going, and and narratively, it doesn't make sense. She's she's telling it to the kids, but then she's not telling it to the kids, and then she's kind of talking to her. It just it's all over the place, and and once that happened, I was just kind of taken out of it, and I got to be careful because I know. 
a lot of people love that movie. Yeah, I. That first song is the fastest song in Disney history, because it's a Lin Manuel Miranda song. So, so the soundtrack is the number one album, dethroning Adele, <laughs> for this week, <laughs> and uh, it, it's the first time a soundtrack has been number one in like two years. So it's yes, Ben, I understand that you may not like yeah. it, but a lot of people do. And I'm not saying that's bad or anything like that. It's just everybody's personality or personal choice. But but I can see where you're coming from because it has taken me several times to get through that movie. All right. So we won't talk about Bruno. No, no, no. Um... Well, but they found a technicality. <laughs> they could sing about him. They just can't talk about him. Right. <laughs> Finish the movie, Ben. Finish I do the plan to. I, I do. Uh, actually, the kids finished it tonight and i just couldn't watch it with them because i'm as i said isolated in my room i've watched some tv movies from the 80s that were not great i watched a soviet science fiction movie that was great but three hours long and boring i mean what was it what was the soviet science fiction movie actually it's more it's more fantasy than science fiction but it's andrey uh tarkovsky's uh the sacrifice which is the last movie he made before he passed away But it really feels more like a Bergman film, and (laughs) if you're familiar with Bergman, then you know what I'm saying. But yeah, that 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 would take up a good three hours, like a real good three hours. Yeah, no, it is a good three hours. Let's put it that way. It's a good three hours. I would. I mean, he he holds the camera in a way that no one else does. There's a couple scenes in this movie where he just holds it for eight to nine minutes, no cuts, just. One single shot, wonderful filmmaking, and actually using one of Bergman's cinematographers. And but this is not the Eastern European film podcast. This is the Marvel Cinematic <laughs> Universe uh, podcast, and we are here to talk about Hawkeye, not the sacrifice. So let's talk about Hawkeye. Although this episode of Hawkeye does have a wonder in it, a what? A one a one-shot. Oh, yes, it does. Or so, at least it appears to be a one-shot, at le- it, you know, because with yeah, uh, right. cameras these days, they could easily make something appear to be a one-shot, and it's not really. Um. So, that was a very nice segue, Ben. Thank you. Yeah, okay. Yes. All right. <laughs> I'll take full credit for doing that on purpose. There you go. And, yeah, so this episode is called Echoes. Echoes. And it is called Echoes, partially because it is about, we're going to meet a character named Echo. And this episode actually starts with her beginning, her origin, so to speak. Now, are we going to do the spoiler thing? Do we need to do the spoiler thing? I think people have known the spoiler thing. Actually, yeah. uh, Just real quick. You're probably not joining us for the first time about episode three of Hawkeye, but Spoiler policy, we're not going to talk about any episode after this episode, only the episodes before this, even though I believe at this point, all three of us have seen all six episodes of Hawkeye. Am I correct? I yes. have. Okay, so we're going to be very careful to not talk about the other episode in case there are people who are in the future watching along with us as we record about it. But, uh, and I understand that's probably the least likely, likely scenario for anyone watching or listening, rather. If you're listening right now, you probably have seen the entire series. But yeah, that's what we're doing. We're talking about episode three only. Okay, so my question is, and, and at this point, we know that, or at least 
they've announced a series for Echo, right? Yeah, they'd actually announced yes. that series a while ago. Right, okay. So, do we know anything about Echo from the comics? And by we, I mean do you, Ben. I know this, and it's interesting. This is the only thing I know about Echo. At one point, Echo was Ronin. So, <gasps> interesting mm. that they bring the whole Ronin stuff in for this episode. It's clearly part of, of her background. I, I know very well, little cool. about her outside of that. Is she, I mean, I guess we could Wikipedia this, but the, they haven't changed her or anything like that. She's Native American in the comics, right? I told you everything I know about her from the comics. Okay. Okay. I believe that's the case. So that's cool. Oh, oh, oh I do know she is deaf in the comics. I knew that. And she was Ronan at one time. And that's just because I happen to know, I happen to be reading comic book websites when Ronan was coming out. And they were like, what is Ronan? Who is Ronan? And so I knew about it just from that. I wasn't reading the comics that Ronan was in. I really appreciate this character because she's deaf. And I had a unique situation with my grandfathers. One was legally blind and the other was legally deaf. And my legally deaf grandfather, he got it from having diphtheria when he was five. And ironically, the diphtheria vaccine came out that same year that he got it. And and it caused him to have a severe sore throat, which affected his whole ear, nose, throat area, which caused his a lot of damage to his ears. He lost about 75% to 80% of his hearing. So every conversation, the other, every other sentence was, huh? What? Huh? So it was really hard to communicate with him. And for the longest time, at least in the United States, the philosophy behind kids who were partially hearing or were deaf was don't teach them sign language. They have to learn how to read lips uh, and they have to learn how to live in a normal community with hearing people. And I think we did get that a little bit here. I know part of the reason why you don't have any, so many schools for the deaf is because of this philosophy. And even recently I have a friend who her son was born deaf and he needed a colloquial implant and the insurance company would not cover it because it was a quote-unquote cosmetic surgery and she's like my son cannot hear he needs this in order to become you know in order to to function otherwise we're gonna have to send him to, to a school for the deaf when he gets older and it is important for kids to learn how to have good, good communication skills very early on because those good communication skills are strongly intertwined with critical thinking and cognitive reasoning. And if you don't have that, you can't socialize very well. You have, and it, it can become a very frustrating situation. Yeah, my, my experience with, with the deaf is uh, actually taking some classes in sign language in, in college, my wife and I did. Yeah. And uh, our teacher had some experiences like this what with uh, just having to deal with being deaf in a hearing world. And it was really interesting to, um, well, let's say hear her tell the stories, but to listen to her story of her, of her growing up and, and everything like that. And and this experience that they're, they're portraying here feels very, very true to other experiences of, from people that I've heard about with just having to 
you conform to us, we're not going to conform to you. Yeah. Uh, and actually, in 2007, there was a lot more going on with people where they were trying to be inclusive and, and trying to have uh, IEDs and, and that kind of – not IEDs. <laughs> I can't remember the, the, the uh, uh. <laughs> abbreviation that we had for people who had uh, paperwork that we would use to keep people uh, on task. And so if someone came to the school and said, we need this, this, and this, and we would work with them, and they would hand us the paperwork to say, this is what you need to do to help the classroom be inclusive to, to this child. And Are you talking so about actually, IEPs? IEP, not IED. Yeah. 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 IED is improvised explosive device. Not, not what we were using in, in the schools. No, no. IEP yes. is what we're talking about. <laughs> and when I was teaching, they were very helpful. But I, uh, that's why I was you know, interested to see, oh, this is 2007 for her. But just because it was better doesn't mean it's where it needed to be at, at any time period. I think we're still having to work with people with disabilities and, and figure out how do we include them rather than how do they adapt to us. And yeah. it, it becomes, because when it's how do they adapt to us, it really is us and them. And when it becomes how do we include each other and how do we work together to make things better for our children, to make things better for our communities and, and relationships. And her father, though, that's what's, probably the worst part of this whole episode is her father is the one who he brings wisdom to her. He brings love to her. He just doesn't bring the finances that he needs to be able to send her to a school where she can study with people who are deaf. And he tells her you have to ride two worlds and that's, it's heartbreaking. Uh, but at the same time, it's a, a practical, a practical thing that he's, he's talking about. And, um, their relationship, they make it touching and beautiful just in, in very few seconds. Yeah. Yeah, there's only one scene with – well, two scenes um, with her father, and then he's gone, you know, and and, and um, she's – they do so much in those one and two scenes that it propels her. I mean, I'm sure we'll get more of it in the in the new series, but yeah. It's a it's an interesting uh, thing for that, and I did just look up on Wikipedia. She she is portrayed accurately. That sounded really white. Uh, she's portrayed, <laughs> you know, she's portrayed as a Native American person, and and in the comic, she is a Native American person. So that's good. We don't need a repeat of the ancient one scenario. Did you recognize her father? I, I know from one yes. show, it was he's from Longmire that I've seen him in. He plays the the reservation cop, and mm -hmm. uh, seeing I, I love seeing familiar faces, you know, mm -hmm. especially from shows that I've enjoyed. It's like, oh, hey, it's it's that guy from that show, and that's always yeah. fun. Longmire, that's one of those shows that I still have not gotten around watching. Oh man, I I was addicted to that show. Like I was just waiting for my next fix when they were. They they caught me perfectly with the whole streaming and binging and everything with that that show, for sure. So so now it's just a few more hours until the next Boba Fett, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah yes. I, honestly, I I don't feel as addicted to Boba Fett as I do did to Longmire. Longmire, though, it was one of those they dropped the whole season, mm -hmm. and then it was kind of I'm just gonna stay up one more hour. <laughs> yeah. The, the, 
Cobra Kai is like that for a lot of people. I have not, I've watched the first season in a night and because they're, they're short. They're only, you yeah. know, it's a webs. They're, they're short, 32 like half minutes hour. long for like an episode. Right. And yeah. there's, there's not very many episodes, at least in those first couple of seasons. And so I've heard people be like, I've stayed up all night to watch all the episodes of, of, of Cobra Kai. And that's, that's a really interesting show, both in universe and outside of universe. It is. And I'll say this. This is all I'll say about, about season four. Season four. <laughs> Don't spoil it. Don't spoil it. I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> the movies better. Really? Oh, okay. Yep. Yep. And like the first two movies, I love those first two movies. Third movie, I kind of enjoyed it. I think I've watched it once since theaters. But I wanted to watch the third movie because I wanted to watch the whole thing. And it makes the third movie better. Oh, I think I know what you're talking about because I caught a casting spoiler for season four today. So I'm, I am I have an idea of what you're speaking of. So I'm glad to hear that because it, it, the third movie just wasn't as strong as the first two. Yeah, yeah, but hey, we're here to talk about Hawkeye. Okay. Yes, <laughs> not, we are. Not Cobra um, Kai, not Longmire. Yeah. Um, hey, here's um, here's I... something I wanted to bring up about about this. Just, I have a question for okay. you too. They did this in Netflix as well, where they introduce a character like Punisher, introduced in Daredevil. I don't know how I feel about the idea that all the beginning stuff happens in someone else's show. Well, it's not a and new here concept. You have what? It's not a new concept. No, but do you like it? Like, well, to me, to me, then Punisher had to work twice as hard to tell a new story because all the origin stuff had been taken care of in Daredevil. Uh, there's a point. Yeah. On the other hand, it does help to interweave the MCU to make these smaller parts, these TV shows and these movies part of this greater scheme. Again, though, it's not a new concept. I mean, here's the token Star Trek reference for the for the episode. Assignment Earth. (laughs) Assignment Earth. You know, for those of you who don't know, Assignment Earth was the last episode or mid-season episode, I think, in season one of the original series. I think. I I don't remember. Where but it's in the original series, and basically what happens is Kirk goes back and meets Gary Seven, who which could have been like the way the episode was running was been like a uh, a super spy type of thing. It was a show Gene Roddenberry was trying to pitch to the networks, and what they do is they give they basically say, okay, we're going to give you a little bit of money, you're going to make a backdoor pilot with a show that you already know, and that way we'll see about the audience. It happens all the time. I mean, the last, the final two episodes of uh, Green Acres, I was just reading about this. The final two episodes of Green Acres were actually backdoor pilots for two more series. And I'll, I'll see your Star Trek, Stuart, and I'll raise you one Happy Days Mork from Orc. Right. I was going to say Mork and Mindy, yeah. Yeah. So it's not a new concept. What's interesting, though, is that it's a concept that's done, I think, pretty well in the MCU. And we include the Netflix in our MCU title. So I I think it's done very well. 
I don't know if it's done well on other types of series. You know, Doctor Who did it with Torchwood, right? And that worked okay. But that wasn't in the days of streaming. So now, Ben, you're you're kind of right in that I kind of agree with you in that I think, you know, Echo is going to have to work pretty hard to tell a new story um, that's that's not just her being uh, uh, vengeful against Ronan. But to be fair, Hawkeye, (laughs) you know, all of the Avengers movies are kind of backdoor pilots for Hawkeye, if you want to look at it that way. Yeah. And then Hawkeye was originally meant to be just a movie, and it was expanded into a TV show. So if you want to expand that movie story, a good way to do that is to introduce new characters that you're going to be spending more time with later. Yes, and and to be fair, we did not get an entire origin story for her. No. Like, we right. don't know why she's deaf and, and is missing a leg. We don't know if that's something that happened at birth. We don't know if that's something that happened as a child and was an accident or something uh, because they just didn't show it to us. But we do get her motivation, and that is that her father was was killed by Ronan. She also has this dragon motif. Uh, I haven't. I need to go back and watch the first two episodes, but every almost every scene in this ep- in this episode with her has some sort of mention of a dragon. There's the dragon story with her father. There's the mention of Imagine Dragons when Clint and Kate are being interrogated, and it just keeps going on and on from there. Um, so I think that's something that we need to keep an eye on as we continue the series. Well, her father definitely brings it in and says, you know, if a dragon were to be in our world, you know, they'd have to walk two worlds, you know, and, and they'd be stronger for it. And and that's what he's kind of saying to her. You'll be stronger for what we're having to put you through right now. And you just need to watch. You need to learn Which- by watching. Yes, which mentioning dragons who walk between two worlds, what does that make you think of? Shang-Chi. Oh, I was going to say the dragon from Mulan. (laughs) But you're right, Shang-Chi's better. Yeah. (laughs) Yes, because, you know, you have dragons coming in from another world into, quote-unquote, our reality. In Shang-Chi and the Ten Rings. So what's real interesting about the the idea of this, you know, backdoor pilot or introducing a character who's gonna get their own series, I've only the the two the two that we've sort of mentioned, uh, Punisher and then I mean I guess they did it with Jessica Jones and Luke Cage too, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They did. Oh. Okay. Well I was gonna I was gonna say they're both villains. Or at least anti, you know, antagonists to our protagonists. But that's not really the case with Jessica Jones and Luke Cage. So, they did fight, though. Well, Jessica Jones, she wasn't introduced in another series, but Luke Cage was introduced in her first season. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so anything else about Echo, then, before we move on to talk about Ronan? 
Who is the mysterious uncle? Okay. <laughs> this is where... And this goes into spoiler territory, so I think we need to put a pin in it. Well, so... but here's what we can say. Here's what we can say. We have a couple clues. There's the laugh, and then there's the name of the garage, and there's also me saying, no way, that's not what this is. It's not and what this is. And we that, also know that he me. likes a very nice suit. <laughs> Patreon patrons who listened to our last Hawkeye episode, I think it was, where I was talking about how people just take things, and they just, like... <laughs> Like extrapolate, and they just go and they, they just make all these assumptions. Blah blah blah. You can laugh at me now. That was a conversation you and Stuart had before I logged in and before we started officially recording that episode oh, too. So, so it Patreon did not make it into. Didn't even know. Okay. Um, all I right. don't know. I I think I vaguely recall it, but what I can do is I can go back and I can pluck that conversation and add it into the end of this episode if you want. I'd, I'd say no, because I sound no? like a complete okay. and utter ding dong. Okay, so. so I will actually cut this part of the conversation out for the full episode. No, no, you can keep it in for this, but... No? Okay. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I'm just saying that I said no way. And then we That's had... That's true. And then we had the uh, It's All Connected week, which we'll talk about later. And we did talk about it. Oh, I can't because spoilers. Yeah. yeah. So. so anyway, yes, Uncle, he's there. Who is he? It's a mystery. And no way. They're just no way. trolling us. That's what I would say if we were recording <laughs> this episode before before we saw the end of the series. Yep. Uh, okay, back to Ronan then. Ronan, I had to go back and watch the scenes with Ronan in uh, Endgame because I could not remember what his deal was, other than I remember him killing people. Then he was in a bad place, and and I that's just... all that was. Well, <laughs> here's the thing though: there was slightly more to it than just that, because I was glad to hear this line from him where he said, "Half you are here. You survived. Half of the world." is gone. And he's saying that to these evil bad guys. Like his whole thing is he's just so angry, so angry. And his family did not survive the snap, but you have these evil people doing evil things to hurt people. And they did survive. And it's like survivor's guilt with an added layer of, not only do I have survivor's guilt, but you are guilty <laughs> and, and I'm going to destroy you. And so that's, I'm actually playing the episode right now. And it's, it's that scene in the garage. That's what he's doing with these people is they are bad people who are hurting people, even though one of them is her dad. And she is, I mean, they are part of a criminal organization. She's not innocent when she sneaks in and is seeing what's going on. She is part of a criminal organization, but that's that's when her father gets killed. And oh, and then the other thing is at the karate meet when he's talking to her and the uncle's going to take care of her, he's wearing a tracksuit. Yes, and what's also unfortunate is that the truck says trust a bro. Bro. Yes. <laughs> if you recall oh, our last episode. Yeah. When it when it sh- when that showed up, I laughed hilariously because the the last episode was Ben you 
you were calling them bros. <laughs> and then <laughs> and then here they are, bro. Trust a bro. They did use that language a lot. I they don't did. exactly yes. know why. <laughs> <laughs> you you pegged them. You pegged them as bros. So it's interesting, though. Like that, the, they chose to hang on to that linguistically as part of the business name. I'm not sure which came first. Was it trust a bro? Because eh, we'll embrace it. They keep saying bro. We'll just keep. We'll just embrace it. Or is it? Oh, it's it's uh something where oh we're we're trust a bro. Well, let's 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 uh let's go undercover with this, you know? Let's 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 use that as as part of our method acting and then it just became part of part of their their language for their their group, but <laughs> Yeah. Are you talking about in universe or outside out of universe? I'm talking about in universe. Oh, yeah. Like I'm making a backstory for why they either are oh. saying bro or why they call their their shell company trust a bro like it i'm just in my my mind i'm making well, a backstory for this which came first the chicken or the egg the bro or the trust a bro trust a bro is actually an old russian word meaning to um it's it's not trust a bro it's trusta bra so but but when they came over to the united states they had to to stretch it out and make it uh, and you know and use that and it just sounded right what does that mean exactly? Yes, Stuart. Nothing. What does it mean? <laughs> or did you just make that up on the fly? I just made it, it up very, on the fly. Very, very quick and sounded great. But Well, yeah. that's, hey, that's my superpower, guys. I can lie really well. Well, considering that Truck's connection to this organization, my thinking was that maybe Trustabro was a company that went out of business and the this organization just bought the truck like on occasion in the US you still see those uh yellow rider trucks and it's like faded on the side of the truck and i actually saw one the other day it was obviously old rider truck but it, it was now there was now a usps logo on it so it was now a mail truck as opposed to a, a rentable truck like a u-haul yeah i i'm going with they created a whole shell company. It's called Trustabro. It's like three guys in a truck, which I believe is referencing two guys in a truck from yeah. from the Leprechaun movie. But no, I, that's a that's an actual company. I know, I yeah. know. I think that they stole it from <laughs> Leprechaun. I'm not lying. I, that right. is my my okay. honest to goodness belief. I believe that they saw Leprechaun and said, "Hey, we can take that." And we'll make that our company name. And that's all I really remember from Leprechaun <laughs> watching it in college was the two guys in a truck or whatever it was. And, and then all of a sudden you see this company and I don't know which came first. But again, this is just my whole like I, I spend lots of time thinking about which came first, the phrase or the trucking company, you know? Wow. Ben, you need to go back to work. <laughs> we need to move on, I think. Talk yeah. about the KB Toys confrontation. This is the next <laughs> oh, scene. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I have Talk a, about going I, out of business. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, here's another thing. Here's another thing. Um, I have worked in retail for a very, very long time. I don't care how sprightly you are. If you were to, like jump up on those shelvings and like jump across, they're not going to hold your weight. 
Sorry. <laughs> oh, no. Not going to happen. You Speaking look- as a short person who has climbed those shelves, yeah, they're not going to hold your weight. <laughs> no. No. So I, I'm on it. I mean... I did appreciate the fact that he jumped on them and as he lifted off again, they fell down. I got that. That was good. But there was no way that he's like, oh, I'm just going to hop up here and uh, jump across them. No, no. I'm just amazed by how many things are still in this building. (laughs) Yeah. How has this building not been looted? Well, the Trusta Bros. should have been stolen a long, long. Well, I guess you're right. I mean, who knows how long they've been in there. Right. That building should have been cleared out a long time ago for liquidation and everything. You know, I, I just they have clean ball pit balls still in there. And I've never been to a KB Toys that had actually like a full on playground. It was always a mall storefront <laughs> that's very small. Uh, but I have lots of fond memories about KB Toys, especially their uh, clearance stuff where you look at the tag and you look for it and it has the price tag and then printed in red ink looks like handwriting but it looks the exact same on every single tag so it can't be handwriting but um red ink clearance good memories good memories but i've never been in one this big this is a toys r us and a good big toys r us too this is yeah, not and why toys. does it still have the ball pit why that's what I'm saying. Like this is, this is the most unrealistic part of this show, <laughs> and this is a show that has him shooting a pim arrow at another arrow, and the other arrow doesn't get knocked off target. Hey, this is the most unrealistic part. Hey, cartoon foxes has proved that that's possible. <laughs> I'm not talking about cartoon foxes. I'm not talking about one of the best Disney movies ever made. No, I'm no, talking not about one this of episode. Right the here. best. <laughs> I, I, I'm close to with you, but Sword in the Stone. It's, it's close. You may have your opinion. It's fine. Yeah. I'm not saying your opinion is wrong. I'm just saying that, you know, Robin Hood is the best Disney movie ever. I'm just saying there are so many toys on those shelves. <laughs> I just can't believe it. So... <laughs> So the I'm going to save I, my joke for the next episode that we record because it's, it's more relevant there. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, the the thing that I thought of is when he's okay. So he's he jumps off and he shoots the arrow and whatever. He falls into the ball pit. He scurries along and then he uh, bazingas up and stabs the guy in the thing in the shoes with the arrows. Yeah. Did, did no one else see that coming? No one else is watching Big Bang Theory from 10 years ago? No. Did he say Bazinga? Was oh, yeah. I, oh, th- I think that happened during a moment where my dog had distracted me when I was watching There's it an episode so. with Sheldon. That's right, yeah. No, he Bazinga. didn't say Bazinga. He didn't say Bazinga. But it was, I, I mean, I'm pretty confident it was a it was at least a callback or at least a thought in somebody's head. Because there's an episode where Sheldon... Is Sheldon weird. in the ball pit. Sheldon yeah. in the ball pit, and he's popping up and saying Bazinga, and that's that's what happened. And why do they have such a big ball pit? Do the bros play in the ball pit? They have yes. a big ball pit so that <laughs> Hawkeye can do the whole swimming through the ball pit thing. That's right. why. But it just... <laughs> Here's the thing that this made me think. This whole scene, he's actually not quite brutal, but really close to brutal with his arrows. 
And he's actually using the arrows and they're sticking into people. And what that causes me to think about is just how, like, if if it weren't for the trick arrows that he has, he would be an R-rated superhero. Like, he would be mm. shooting people with arrows. He's, he's sticking them in. I mean, it is... He means business. He The means only reason that business. this is not rated R is because you don't see that much blood. You don't. You don't. It, it, it goes back to... Uh, I was thinking about that, and I was thinking about working on uh, the Hedge Knight comic book that I worked on with uh, George Martin for... For Marvel, was this is for the uh, the second series we were working with Marvel and Marvel editorial sent back a cover image that the artist Mike Miller done, had done, where it has a, a character in the story. This happens; the character just is turned into a pincushion with all the arrows that he takes, and he had a couple arrows where you could see the arrow, the back of the arrow, and on the outside of the body, and the front of the arrow, the, the tip of the arrow coming out the other side of the body. And Marvel said, no, you can't do that. You can't show that. You can only show the, the backs of the arrows. You can't show a whole arrow sticking through his arm kind of thing. And it was kind of funny because, like, the next month there was a Wolverine co- cover that had that exact thing in it. And it's just, well, that's because that's huh. Wolverine, and that's not a problem. It'll sell no matter what. But if we, on this, that's kind of a fringe thing. This is before Song of Ice and Fire, or Song or Game of Thrones, rather, the show. Um, it's a fringe thing, and so we aren't sure if it's going to sell. And and some some comic stores might have to you know put it put it away or something. I don't know. But so uh, with but, the Wolverine cover, was the arrow in Wolverine or was it in somebody else? No, it was in Wolverine. And, oh, that explains it because of his, yeah. That's because of his super healing. Yeah, but it doesn't change the the visual image. Yeah. But anyway. I was thinking about that because I was thinking about how this character and, and green arrow too, like you see it in green arrow when uh, Mike Grell took on green arrow and, and it became more gritty after uh, dark Knight, Frank Miller's dark Knight in 86, they did some stuff with green arrow. They're like, we're going to bring green arrow back yet and make him a gritty urban superhero. And he stopped using trick arrows and it became more violent and, and more quote unquote adult. And without the trick arrows, a character like Hawkeye basically has no other route other than, you know, stabbing people with arrows and shooting people with arrows. He does so non-lethally here though. And that's the other thing this episode got me thinking about is what do we learn about the characters as they are fighting in this, in this uh, scene here. And you see him, you know, he, he incapacitates uh, Echo by shooting two arrows at her and one on either side of her neck, they cross in front of her neck, and she's stuck for a little bit while he goes on to take care of other people. And then you also see her saying, uh, early on, she says, you'll rely too much on your technology, and she kicks him and knocks out his hearing aid uh, after he hits her with a, a hockey stick on her on her leg. Uh, and so it's just this whole, like, what do we learn about the characters from the fights? Um, and And... That's that's what you hear. I see anger from her, and I see carefulness for him. Carefulness is that a word? Sure. Okay. With a side of quippiness, because you know he she goes, "You rely too much on your technology," and he's like, "That's pretty strong statement from a guy whose weapon of choice is a stick with a string." Two sticks and a string. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think the carefulness 
maybe not to become too violent and not to become slip into that Ronin state of mind again. Well, yeah, that's the dichotomy here, right? I mean, we, we right. saw him with a sword just killing people left and right. And then you see him using arrows that would be lethal, but he's using it in such a way that it's very close. But he's so good, it doesn't matter because he's not going to hurt them or he's going to hurt them just enough. So can we move on to the uh, the car chase scene? Yes. 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 Okay, so I am not happy with Clint because he should have gone for the charger. Because that thing has image. No. He respects the car. No, because that thing has a stronger engine. (laughs) I would have gone for the the charger. But he doesn't want to see a thing of beauty get damaged. He's already lost Nat. No, because here's the here's the reason why. If he doesn't take that, the other the the tracksuit guys are going to take it and catch up with them because yes, they will then have the stronger right engine that, for sure. Yes, but he appreciates yeah. it as a work of art. He's not going to destroy this work of art. I understand it too. However, he handed the better car over to the other side. Well, at this point, he's also still deaf. Ah, because- uh, yeah. So, uh, that that's not going to uh, cause any issues for his decision making about true. the car. Like that has nothing that's to do with the true. car he chose. I understand his respect for the beauty of the charger and how nice it looks and how pretty it is. However, he handed the stronger weapon over to the other side. So, but I, I'm sure that if if Natalie was there, she would have talked him into it. I'm sure of it. No, Nat would have just done it. Oh, that's true. That's possible. Yep, yep. Yes. Okay, so this this scene starts with music. This is the one time where we have actually been able to use music from the show, sort of, for our opening music. And that's because the music they're using was a rendition of the Nutcracker, which is public domain. And we were able to use a rendition of the Nutcracker, public domain. And it's not the same rendition but we are actually using the same song sort of for yes. our podcast as they use for some scenes and things for this, this series. So, Oh yeah. Music from the Nutcrackers all throughout the series. And actually now that we talk about it, I need to go back and think about Nutcracker versus Hawkeye. How are they in common and why did they choose this music? I think that's, it's that'll Christmas. be my That'll well more than that. I mean, like thematically, like what's going on with the characters in both because shows, it's public so. domain and it's Christmas. Yeah, but they true, use a lot of not public domain Christmas music as well. This true. Uh, this That's episode true. ends with "Sweet Gingerbread Man," which is such a fun song. If you think about it, look it up. The Muppets version of "Sweet Gingerbread Man." It's cute and fun, and there Sammy Davis Jr. sings this this version of it here. Uh, but Marshmallow been... World is also used. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm not saying else. that. I'm not saying that Disney can't, you know, purchase whatever they want, right? I'm, I'm saying that if you have the ability to not spend money, you're going to. And having pu- a vast resource of public domain Christmas music in the Nutcracker is is a resource that would be tapped. But the thing is, this is a completely different and new uh, variation on the theme. And so you've got the hip-hop thing going along with yeah. it. And so 
yeah, as much as they're they are using some public domain stuff, that was my little sliding in the side with, oh hey, Nutcracker, all right, we could use that, uh, and I found something similar that someone else had done because it's public domain, and we're not using it illegally. That's that's the one thing is we don't use music on this podcast or on any podcast that I do that. I don't have the legal right to be able to use. And so we pay for a music licensing fee that it's a yearly fee that allows me to use music from a website. And I was able to find this on that website. It was kind of cool. Okay. So sitting here thinking about it, I think I figured out the connection between the, the choice to use the Nutcracker music in this series. This show is primarily told through the eyes of Kate. And Kate has, she's a rich girl who has been idolizing Hawkeye since uh, the Battle of New York. And in The Nutcracker, you have this little rich girl, Claire, or sometimes Maria, depending on, on you know, who's telling the story. Um, who, like, she dreams about this Nutcracker, and in the dream sequence, she's she's going through all these different adventures and meeting these different people with the Nutcracker as uh, in human form. So I think there is somewhat of a story connection there because uh, Kate's been taken out of her world and dropped into this fantastical world that is Hawkeye's. It's a, it's a little bit of a stretch, but I'll give it to you. That's, that's pretty good. Because I was just going to say that when they're sneaking into the house at the end of this episode... It sounds mischievous and it's ballet-ish. You know, yes. they're sneaking in. And, it's and like, I was going to say... Hey, we're sneaking. That the, the connection is actually Macaulay Culkin. Because he was in a version of the Nutcracker, like, I don't know, a million years ago. And this takes place at Christmas. And what is maybe the second most infamous Christmas movie? Home Alone. That's Ergo. a bigger stretch. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. It is. Hey. Yeah. But you put some thought into it, so that's good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it takes place <laughs> in New York. The sequel to the second most famous Christmas movie. Because the first hmm. best Christmas movie is is Christmas Carol with the Muppets. I mean, duh. And so Yeah. Alright, so <laughs> also with this car chase, we get the <laughs> trick arrows. And we get a pim particle arrow. We get a plunger yes. arrow. We get the USB arrow that is from an episode that we haven't talked about of what if. And here's okay again. What does the fight teach us about the people who are in the fight? And as I'm watching, I'm seeing we got a problem here. We have a we have an age problem between the youthful person and the aged person. And there needs to be give and take. And this is something that we need to learn in our culture is this give and take between youth and age. And that youth needs to learn to use the wisdom of aged people and aged people need to use the freshness of youth and work together. And here you have the turning point. The battle goes well, but the whole thing is Hawkeye did not realize how good she actually is. And she doesn't know his equipment. You know, she doesn't know how to use the things, the tools of the trade. And and so it's kind of a mess. This whole thing is kind of a mess. But this is the turning point. Because after this, they're kind of 
you know, it gets capped off with him saying, you're not wrong, calling yourself one of the world's greatest archers. But Well, yeah, she has the awards to prove it, but he just hasn't seen them. No, he hasn't. And now he has. And, yeah. and there's now a little bit more respect for, I think, each other in this. But she, and this is the other thing is, I've said this many, many times on this podcast and in other places, but your greatest weakness often is your greatest strength. And I think her greatest weakness is impulsiveness, which how does that work into being her greatest strength then? And, and that's what we're going to be learning from the next few episodes. But she's, she's impulsive and she needs to slow down a little bit. Don't lose that. That's the problem is when you're talking about like trying to fix someone's weakness, you end up trying to fix and cause people to lose their greatest strength. And instead, what you need to be doing is, is harnessing it and, and using it to its fullest potential. Yes. And, and that's, that's kind of what I'm seeing in this battle here. And the great thing about conflict, conflict does not necessarily need to need to mean a bad thing. Conflict is where characters grow. It's where we can get story. It's also a really great way that we as people in the real world, it's where we can grow too. So, I mean, that's, I mean, as much as I hate having the romantic couple who are constantly arguing and, and such in sitcoms and in television shows, like on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and such, and but that's where you get a lot of drama is when characters are in conflict with each other. That's why the Avengers didn't get along so well, because that's where you can get the the drama and the growth of the characters and the, and the humor. character arcs. And there, the humor. There's a lot of yes. humor in there, too. But, yeah. 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 And the other thing is, Kate's a lying liar who lies, because he tells her, be careful, and she says, I was born careful. No, ma'am. <laughs> you were not born careful. You were not born careful She's at all. lying to herself. I think that's the only one she's really lying to is herself. Well, Clint knows well, it. I mean, she Clint says it out loud it. to him, but yeah. She's a, she's, she's a young, like, like we said, she's young and he's old, right? Right. And I think young people, well, for her anyway, I think she's trying to impress the, the guy she saw falling from the building shooting arrows at a bunch of aliens, right? So she's trying to impress right. him. And, but at the same time, she has stuff to bring to this conversation. She has the impulsiveness that he may not have. She has a drive that he may not have. He's just trying to clean up the Ronin mess. And she's trying to uncover, you know, something bigger. So, one of the great things I like about this series and specifically this episode is this is where they learn to communicate. Um, and it, it, in that fight, when he's deaf, they learn to talk to each other. It's really fascinating. Yeah. And it works and it works. And it brings us into this diner scene that we have with them where she draws the costume. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Which, it, you know, we talk about MCUing a character. This is her trying to DMCU him. Like, let's let's get you closer <laughs> to your comic book roots that are kind of ridiculous looking. But which they did in yeah. which they did in WandaVision as well. And Loki. Yeah. Yeah. There's yeah. there's um I recently saw a really great video on YouTube where somebody went through the 
MCU costumes that did not make it from the comics and not did not make it onto the screen because they were so ridiculous and so revealing, and one of them was for Hawkeye. Because it looked like something that He-Man was wearing <laughs> in the He-Man show, and it looked bad. He's had some awful, awful costumes. Yeah. Some really bad costumes. And I have to say, the costumes that he has worn in the movies and in the show, fantastic. Very classic. And yes, he does blend in well and look like a ghost. It makes me wonder why they decided to have Hawkeye in the first place. You know what I mean? Hmm. It's like, let's let's get all of our superheroes. We've got a guy who can fly. We've got a super... Uh, you know, super soldier, we've got a Hulk, you know, we've got uh, the God of Thunder. Oh, and we have some two super spies. Whatever. Um, Because they didn't write the rights to that character away to another studio? Yes, that's probably the answer. <laughs> they're like, who else we got? Well, there's a guy with arrows, and they're trick arrows, and it's cool. <laughs> but, that, but that's really He was also an early member of the actual Avengers team. Oh, like, like in the he, like, like way back early when. issues. Yeah, he wasn't like a founding member, but he is an early, early member. And in fact, my introduction to the character of Hawkeye was in an Avengers comic book when I was a kid. I had a, a comic book of the Avengers. I had no idea who the characters were necessarily, except for Captain America. And the comic book is about Captain America going back in time to witness Bucky's death again. And it's just a tragic comic. And one of my introductions to just that emotional side of storytelling. I was like seven or eight when I read it. And, uh, but Goliath, Black Panther and Hawkeye were all in it together and they all looked really cool, but I really had no idea who they were. And yeah, but he's an early member of, of the Avengers team. Hmm. Well, anyway, it's a, it's cool to have, you know, along with the God of thunder, a guy who uses two sticks and a string. What's that speech that he had in um, Page of Ultron? Yeah, I he got actually arrows. Says that. Yeah. <laughs> what do I got? I got arrows. I- <laughs> the city's floating, and I've got arrows. <laughs> it's kind of crazy. Yeah, that's that's a really great speech from him. Uh, the speech from this one that's interesting and, and that kind of dives into his character pretty deeply is that whole, I'm not a role model. She's got the hero worship going on. She's looking at him and saying, I want to be like you. And he's saying, don't. I'm not a role model. And you know, you know why what? she's... He's he is. himself. And, and he, she brings him out of it. You know, she says, you you are. You know, you you saved me and... You are here now to help a stranger who might be in trouble. You know, people don't get to choose who they're a role model to very frequently. Mm -hmm. He's a father, so here he is lying, lying, liar to himself. But that also reminds me of, I don't know, I don't follow baseball very well, so I don't know. But there was some baseball player in the 90s who was, in an interview, he was cursing and some parents called him out because their children were very big fans of his. I think that might've been Charles Barkley. Was it? I don't uh, think it was Charles Barkley. I, yeah. I seem to recall that this was a baseball player. Okay. Well, I but, mean, 
And he, so, and this guy said, I'm not a role model. And then there was an article or a, a lot of buzz in the press about he doesn't get to say he's not a role model because whether or not he chooses to, these kids are still his fans. So actually, Charles Barkley did a Nike TV commercial where he said, I'm not a role model. And how did that commercial end? Uh, parents should be role models. <laughs> ah, but, well, I mean, anytime someone like Mark McGuire, right, who had the the number uh, most home runs in a season until they found out he was using steroids, um, he had the same thing, right? His fall from grace. Right? That's part of the double edged sword that is fame, right? right? And what's interesting about characters like um, Nat. And uh, Black Widow and Hawkeye are that they're regular people who have been super spies. They don't, they never ask to be in the limelight um, until, you know, the Battle of New York, really. I mean, really, that's when, that's when they became famous. And so this is a new thing for Hawkeye. And you can see that in the wonderful stage adaptation. You know, and that's that's what I appreciate about the two of them. I mean, when they're jumping around New York during the Battle of New York, it was super unbelievable. Absolutely, as they're leaping from building to building and shooting arrows and swinging around, and they had to really work hard to make it work for them to be able to use their skill set in the battle. Like the battle had to be written in such a way that it used their skill sets. But it was. And so they were there, they were needed. And to me, that just is what's an, an encouragement to me with that is that the truth of the matter is that's life. Like whoever you are, wherever you are, and whatever your skill set is, people need you. You are needed in this world. And you can help people in this world and you can do good things in this world. And so Hawkeye and Black Widow just happened to be the extreme example of that. But yeah, that's, that is a role model. That's someone who takes the gifts that they have in spite of the weaknesses that they have and uses them to help other people. It's just Hawkeye went a little bit off the rails and started killing people also and became a murdering murderer who murders. But he was conscious to not do it as Hawkeye. That's yeah, a thought that, that just struck me. Yeah. He, he, you know, I'm sure there's other motivations, but one of them I'm sure also has to be Hawkeye is a public figure. Hawkeye cannot go kill bros. Someone else has to. He even switched weapons. Yeah. Yeah. It, this series answers a lot of questions, brings up a lot of questions, but I think dives into Hawkeye's character um, in a way that's really interesting because it bounces him off of um, off of Kate. So we need to wrap this up. Uh, mm-hmm. We didn't talk much about uh, the Echo's conversation with uh, Kazi, uh, but that was. He's... Do you mean low rent TV Kit Harrington? <laughs> You know, I was yes, thinking that guy but... didn't know anything. 
I know we shouldn't use that phrase, low rent TV, but I'm sorry. Every time this guy comes on screen, I keep thinking it's Kit Harrington, but not quite. <laughs> <laughs> when right. does Eternals come to come to Disney Plus? Uh, it's in a couple so days. Friday, in a yeah. Couple days, yeah, soon. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> 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 yes, low rent TV, Kit Harrington. Although Kit Harrington was on TV. So, yeah, so low I rent, mean, that's anyway. low rent. Yeah, low rent, not high rent, not the sixteen ninety nine you pay a month with HBO Max, you know, TV. But they they argue she's the one in charge, but he's trying to figure out how to pull her back because she's making decisions that are going to put people at risk. And by people, I mean the business because of Uncle, which we'll talk about later. Uncle will get I talked about talk later. About Uncle? But anyways, oh, yes, we shall not talk about Uncle. No, no, no. No. We just know he's the fat guy, he's the bad boy on the throne, and you do not want to mess with him as of this episode. So. You don't really know he's fat. No, we don't, he, but we see the reference there. And we know that he wears ex- uh, suits with very expensive material. I guess. I mean, <laughs> I wouldn't have known <laughs> that just from looking, but yeah. No, I really can't tell. It's just, you know, it was a very nice, very clean-cut suit. The episode ends with them breaking into mom's penthouse to find clues and they get on the computer and then they get locked out and then Hawkeye hears a noise and then he ends up with a, a sword at his throat and a voice. A very familiar sword. sword. The Ronin sword. A man says, don't move. And it's future father or future stepfather. Paul F. Tompkins. <laughs> low red TV, Paul F. Tompkins. Actually, Paul no, F. Low, Tompkins. Red, low red TV, Paul F. Tompkins is Paul F. Tompkins. Paul F. Tompkins. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yep. I hope Paul F. Tompkins hears this and is like, <laughs> I'm suing you all. And we'll be like, like, who is that guy with the stupid sounding voice <laughs> talking about me? Uh, all right. <laughs> I don't know that we've been rating these episodes, but what did you guys think of this episode? Did you like it? Did you not like it? Yeah, I, I liked every, every episode has been a solid four, four and a half. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, uh, probably what four. are we using this episode? Like, let's let's use ball pit balls. <laughs> I don't know. Or there's little kitty rides. <laughs> I mean, five ball pit balls is not going to get you very far, but. No, it's not. <laughs> Um. Anyways, yeah, four out of five would be my my vote. Yeah, my I'm I'm right there with you. I mean, the car chase scene was a stroke of genius. I did yes. I did notice a few composite shots. Um, that just did the the backgrounds didn't match perfectly, but you know they get paid to do the stuff I don't. So uh, <laughs> I just get I just get to watch it a whole bunch. Um. But yeah, overall, I thought this was a really good episode, and I've really enjoyed this season series because I don't know if we're supposed to get another season, are we? Uh, we I haven't heard know. anything about that, but who knows? Who knows? Okay, hey, we got some voicemails or mm-hmm. a voicemail that is not about Hawkeye, but it is a voicemail okay. we need to play. Are you guys ready? Okay. Yes. yes. Hey, fellow agents. This is Agent Waz. It's been a long time since I've called in. I don't always get my messages through for whatever reason. But um, I just finally caught up uh, listening to some of your podcasts. 
and the last one was Eternals. I also was a little disappointed in the movie. I thought there were some great things about it. It was filmed beautifully. I wish there were more character development, just as like you said, Ben. Um, I didn't care for the sex scene. I was disappointed that they felt like they had to put that in there. Uh, I wish my, I mean, my favorite character was Gilgamesh, and I wish they hadn't killed him off because he cracked me up. He was hilarious. I, I, I would have loved to see more of him. Um, and then the whole thing, what you talked about, uh, and I can't think of his name either, the Bollywood guy, Eternal, and his ballet. I know you guys liked the ballet, and, yeah, some of the things were funny, but something irritated me about that particular character because I feel like they had to – they just went ahead and cast a guy. It's kind of goofy looking. It's kind of doesn't fit in, doesn't look like he would be with them, and – I, and make him look like a fool. And I don't know how I feel about that, except that I didn't like it. Um, so I guess I do know how to feel, I feel about it. I just didn't care for his portrayal um, as just bumbling goofball. And I feel like I've seen that happen in movies a lot, where they bring in this random side character to somebody else, and he's just a complete goofball the entire time it doesn't seem to fit in and it's all based on him being brought in because he looks like a goofball and i don't i don't appreciate that um kind of casting so anyways the movie overall is it the worst marvel movie not in my opinion is it the best not even close is it at the bottom absolutely and um gonna go see spider-man uh no way home today, finally, and uh, hopefully uh, that won't be a disappointment either. Well, over now, Agent. All right, Agent Waz, I have a feeling that you will not be as disappointed with Spider-Man as you were with Eternals, but uh, I'm looking forward to actually hearing back from you after after you uh, you see it. And we are also, speaking of Spider-Man, planning on sometime in the future doing something with uh, some of the other Spider-Man movies, we'll see. We will see. But I can't wait to rewatch Spider-Man: No Way Home. And been able to get to the to the theater to do that because there's so much there that I need to dive in and watch again. Oh yes, I am so looking forward to that. I I just like I said in the previous episode, I want to pause and analyze a screenshot and then move to the next frame. Well, in all honesty, I could see us potentially revisiting that movie, especially if we got some some feedback about it from people. But um, yeah, that man, so much going on, so much going on in that movie. Mm. So how about final words then? Final words. Thanks for listening, and I'm glad that we're able to sit back and relax and and and, and talk about some MCU stuff. It's always good. And I would like to thank our Patreon patrons, Jeffrey, Tazzle, Blessed Cheesemaker, 084, Julie, Andrew, and a special shout out and thank you to Agent Waz for writing in. Thank you very much. Did we get more Patreons? That's the list I had last time. Okay. Yeah, no. <laughs> Not that I'm aware of, no. So... Uh, my final words are also to say thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for spending time with us. I know that we got a little 
sidetracked by holidays and stuff like that. But you know what? We're here now. I mean, I'm here with COVID. Now, did it make for a great episode? I don't know. Okay. I don't know. Hopefully we're not going to get anyone writing in and saying, you know, hey, to that guy with the stupid voice, I think you talk too much. Blah, 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 blah. Thanks for listening to Welcome to Level 7. You've heard from us. Now we'd love to hear from you. You can leave us a voicemail by calling one 5 level 7 That's one 553 Or send us an email to studioavery at gmail.com. You can also go to welcometolevel7.com slash feedback and leave us a message there. Or join us on our Facebook group, facebook.com slash welcometolevel7. The 7 is spelled out. And don't forget, if you'd like to support the podcast, you can go to patreon.com slash welcome to level seven, the seven is spelled out, and become a Patreon supporter there. Once again, thanks so much for listening, and Godspeed. That was the only thing I could think of using as I was rewatching it. I thought about using the Imagine Dragons thing. <laughs> hey, I like bright, bright side, Dragons. you don't have to watch Imagine Dragons or go to Imagine Dragons. I like concert, Imagine concert. Dragons. Yeah. <laughs> so after credit ideas, I have one. What is it? Do you want to talk about my trip to Atlanta over Christmas? My uh, very short trip. Absolutely. Okay. So, yes, I, my in-laws, um, some of them are in the Atlanta area. If you know the Atlanta area, the city of Atlanta actually is not that big. Are but they Atlanteans? You get in, I'm sorry? Are they Atlanteans? Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> a, but uh, hey, hey, dad joke, man, over there. Uh, <laughs> nice, nice job. I was being nice, but not saying anything. <laughs> I'm, I'm calling him out. That was good okay. for a dad okay. joke. I mean, that was a good dad joke. It's not, it's not Thank bad. You, da- Thank you, Ben. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. Continue, Samantha. Anyways, if you include all of the um, suburbs, I mean, the suburbs have grown out immensely over the years. So, I mean, you get the entire Atlanta metro area. It's one of the largest areas... Uh, highly populated areas in the United States. When my husband and I go down there, he doesn't allow me to drive on the Beltway because it's insane. And I don't blame him. We got on the Beltway Christmas Day and I'm like, wow, this is like my hometown on the highway on a normal day. I mean, because it's so congested. I, my mother-in-law was saying that she, there has never been a day in her life where she's lived in, in the Atlanta area where on the Beltway that there isn't a fire, or an overturned car. (laughs) And she was not lying because I got alerts on my phone for both while we were there. Um, So, yes, anyways, long story short, went to go visit family there. And um, we only had one day where I could uh, get some family in the car and we could go and see some of the shooting locations for some of the movies out there. And I just picked the ones that were closest to the house and the ones that were not in high traffic areas such as the shopping mall where they filmed Stranger Things 
I really wanted to go see that, but it was Christmas Eve, and my mother-in-law was like, no, the traffic around there is going to be nuts. I really wanted to go over to the Asian market where they filmed Falcon and Winter Soldier. Again, it was Christmas Eve, so that was vetoed. But we did find the street where the opening scene for Black Widow was filmed, and the mall where they shot the Rocks Cart exterior scenes um and let's see oh we also found the dairy queen or the former dairy queen which turns out was just right around the corner from one of my sister-in-law's schools and they passed it all the time she's like that was the dairy queen from guardians of the galaxy so we found those i have pictures there and ben if you want to steal those from my facebook page and put them in the show notes for this episode that would be fine I will say, the number one rule when you're looking for these shooting locations, don't tread on personal property. Don't tread on businesses that have been shut up and or any, any places that say no trespassing. I went to businesses that were open and they had cur- currently had customers. And the street where they filmed the opening to Black Widow, I did not step on any personal property. I stayed 100% on street level. And I was not going to dare set foot on a single blade of grass because these are people's homes. Yeah, those, you've heard about the Breaking yeah. Bad pizza place, right? So like the the house from yeah. the Breaking Bad pilot where he throws pizza up on, on the garage, people started just showing up and throwing pizza on their house because that's what happened in the show. And apparently personal space and property doesn't matter to some people. Yeah. Like this is not just, Hey, I want to see this thing. and I'm going to stand in their yard to take a picture. It's like, I'm going to throw a pizza on their roof. The Goonies house in Astoria is all blocked off for blocks around. You can't park on the street. You have to walk up. You're only allowed a few minutes at a time. It's, it's pretty nuts. Yeah, and the uh, the exterior for the Partridge family home from the series, or not the Par- the Brady Bunch, the Brady Bunch. Um, on I think TLC a couple of years ago, TLC actually bought the house and they brought in the cast that was still alive, and they completely renovated this house so the interior matched the exterior from the series as much as they could. But the people that lived there for forty years, who from the time that the show was originally aired in the 60s and 70s up until the time TLC bought it. There was one family that was living there, and they didn't like people coming by and taking pictures in front of the house. In such, a, It was so bad that they put up a huge, ugly fence, and they completely changed the landscaping so you could not see the house from the street very well. So, I mean, if if... A movie studio comes and knocks on your door and asks to use the exterior of your house. Think about this very, very carefully. One, yeah, you could say, hey, this is where we live and it's in a movie. On the other hand, you're going to have people coming by all the time. Like I did. Uh, unless so, the movie's stupid and no one unless cares. Unless the movie's yeah. stupid, yeah. Yeah, but, I mean, I stood in front of the house where Natasha's character lived when she was a little girl. And I took a picture of myself and my dog, or my sister-in-law did, but yeah, I I found that house. And I think the only thing they really changed was just the color of the front door. I'm pretty sure they did that in post. But yeah, I mean, it, it looks exactly the same except for that front door. 
And yeah, I wasn't going to, I didn't want to bother them. It was Christmas Eve. So left them in peace. And, and my mother-in-law actually came up with the idea of me bringing the dog. So it looks like we're just walking the dog through the neighborhood like other people do. Like so, a spy would do. Like a spy. Yeah. Like Natasha, she might do that. Yeah. <laughs> or or uh, actually Kate Bishop with Pizza Dog. So Absolutely. By the way, I love the name Pizza Dog. I want that name to stay. I have a feeling it's going to change. All right. We need to close but this anyways, down. So yes, thanks, thanks you two for uh, hanging out with me. Uh, yeah. With appropriate social distancing. I was going to say social distancing <laughs> and masks. Uh, no masks, no. <laughs> Yeah, and I hope you feel better soon. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It's been, it's been hard. A long road getting from here there to here. Yeah, I haven't watched any Star Trek while I've been sick. I, I, you I need about to it, do it. You need to. You could probably watch the most recent episode of Prodigy without watching any of the other ones. I think you'll be okay. Well, I already watched the first one. So I'm gonna I'm going so to at least watch you, them, but Yeah. Yeah. No, I heard about it. I heard what happened. I, I read the articles. Oh, okay. So you heard yeah. about it. So yeah. it's 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 good and I appreciate it. And the episode in question is called Kobayashi Maru. So people who have seen it know why Stuart wants you to see it. And, yeah. <laughs> is okay. it Maru or is it just Kobayashi? It might just know. be Kobayashi, but it doesn't matter because it references the Kobayashi Maru. So no, uh, but I did watch. I did watch the television pilot Genesis Two, written and produced by Gene Roddenberry, uh, as a huh. follow up to follow up sci fi show to Star Trek. The th- interesting thing about Genesis Two is that they then remade it three years later as another television pilot called Planet Earth, and then they remade it a few years later. This is all in the seventies as another television pilot that Roddenberry was not involved in at all but that was called Strange New World. So the the huh. same concept was done as three television movies. And yeah, it, it was interesting to watch that. And I plan to, I have uh, on DVD, I can't find it. I have the second one, Planet Earth. I want to watch that, but I can't find it because it's still packed away. Uh, but I do have Strange New World that was apparently put in a box last minute because it was one of the things that was on top of my desk. So I have. Do that you have? And, have you ever heard of the Quester Chronicles or Quester uh, tapes? Yes, Quester tapes. I do have that on my bed right now. I almost watched it this afternoon, and then last night I watched the Martian Chronicles, which is a three-hour TV movie, or a three-night TV movie, I should say, that they made of Ray, Ray Bradbury's Martian Chronicles. You know what I miss? I miss TV events, like. The original stand. I hear you saying that, but then we're watching What's coming Hawkeye. on in a few hours? <laughs> we're right. watching Hawkeye, and what's coming up in a few hours that you're very excited about? Yeah. The Book of Boba Fett. So I didn't say it, it was still very happens. These, yeah, these, was... these things are like almost that event night. The, you know, it'll be Sunday night and Monday night. V. Oh, my goodness. Oh, yeah. V. Yeah. V. They, oh, man. School the next day. Not school. No, School the Next Day was V, the, the TV series. People were talking about that stuff. But, yeah. Yeah, we snuck a TV up into my cousin's room so we could stay up and watch that. And my cousin had a pillow ready to throw in front of the screen because when you turned it off, it still glowed a little bit. 
And so if, if anyone started coming up the stairs, we turned it off and throw the pillow in front of it so that nobody could see that we were watching TV. Ah, uh, the kids. Cather Road Tubes TVs. Yep. How do I not miss them? <laughs> the good old days of the black and white yeah. portable TV. Though I do miss the uh, the analog because you could because even if it wasn't a perfect signal, I mean, it, if you could halfway see it, you could still watch TV. Yeah, that's true. And you could kind of tune it a little bit, try and get the best picture. And... Yeah, because I have a digital antenna now, and if it's a little bit wonky, I lose the signal altogether, and that upsets me. Uh, yeah, it's time to go. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. Yep. <laughs> All right. All right, guys. All right. Have a good night. Ben, go watch Hamilton and get no, better. <laughs> I am not watching Hamilton anytime soon. I can just say that. I know that. <sighs> yeah. I just don't know if I can handle it. Don't right. talk about Bruno either. <laughs> nope. No, you no, sing no, about no. Bruno. You don't talk about Bruno. You sing. <laughs> That's about right. It. All right. Later, guys. Bye. Bye.